guys. Welcome to the Student of Money podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Niemeyer. The mission of Student of Money is to help you achieve your goal of financial freedom through entrepreneurship, investing, real estate, and personal development. This is episode number 15, and today I want to talk to you about investing. Now, this isn't really a subject that I'm an expert at, but I do notice trends and I do see what's going on in the marketplace. And I tell you, there's some interesting things going on around Bitcoin and the blockchain. Now, I've done some videos in the past. I did one in... 2021 saying five reasons on why not to buy Bitcoin. And then I followed that video up with one in 2022 on five more reasons why not to buy Bitcoin. And I still like Bitcoin. I still think it's 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 an interesting concept. And uh, sometimes to get your head around it takes a lot. So as most of you probably know, I just came back from Vegas on a real estate fund. Um, well, the conference in general was all about funds. And I would guess that about 30 to 40% of the people there were there for cryptocurrencies and crypto funds. Um, so I always asked them, are, is your investment thesis here to buy and hold crypto because you think it's always going to continue to go up? Or what exactly are you looking to do when you're starting a fund? Because that's really the hot button topic right now in the world of funds. And accredited investors, high net worth investors, everybody wants to get in because they've been sitting on the sidelines watching. And to me, in my mind, I first saw Bitcoin, I think it was 2015, 2016. My son actually introduced me to it when it was about $800. Um, and they were using it for online poker. So I started investigating this thing and I'm like, this is for real. We, you know, this is something that we should seriously start looking at. So I started buying Bitcoin way back in the day before 2017 when it was at, at that time, it had gone from 800 to 2000. Uh, so I started buying it at 2000. $2,000 of Bitcoin. And of course, it went up in 2017, all the way up to $15,000, $16,000, right? And then it kind of came back down. And then, uh, what, 2020, something like that, before COVID, 2019 maybe, it uh, shot up again, went all the way up to $50,000, $60,000. So you kind of had this second craze, a second wave hit. You're also going to see where corporate America really started to take interest before that second wave. And I would argue that they're the result of that second wave. That was that second wave coming in uh, because all of the hedge funds, all of the, uh, all the big boys, your Elon Musk and people like that started talking about it and started tweeting about it, which caused that second wave. And now there's a strange phenomenon going on. Uh, that really concerns me with about Bitcoin because the markets have been going up and down, but lately they've been going down. Uh, I believe we're in a bubble and I believe Bitcoin, which I thought was going to be a hedge against the dollar and a hedge against that bubble is actually starting to go sideways and follow the market, which to me is odd. 
why would something that is supposed to be a hedge against inflation in the dollar start to follow the general market trends? And I got the answer at this conference. We had a speaker, and uh, I believe everything he says. I'm not going to give the name, and I'm not going to talk about what he talked about because it's still just a theory, but I think it's pretty darn good. There's always a bell curve with new technology. You got the early innovators that put it out there. You got the early adopters, and then it hits mainstream. And then you have the late majority that start buying in, and I think that's where crypto is now. And then you have skeptics and the people that lag behind everybody else that um, I think Bitcoin right now is in the late majority. The time to make money buying Bitcoin and all of the other cryptocurrencies, in my belief, are over. You know, you should have been bought, buying back in 2014, 2015, 2016, before it hit that 17,000, right? That's the early adopters. And then when it hit, when it hit uh, that 17, 18,000, it then became mainstream, all of a sudden, all the big money, the Goldman Sachs, you start seeing on, uh, you know, the, the, the ticker symbols. You know, I, I knew when my noon um, ag report and stock report started to report on the price of crypto, it was probably time to get out. As Robert Kiyosaki said in the real estate crash of 2008, when your grocery clerk starts saying, hey, I just got my realtor license. I'm going to start selling real estate. Probably thinking that we're in a bubble. It's time to get out. And the exact same thing is now happening with Bitcoin where it's you, know, you watch Fox or CNBC or any of the Bloomberg markets or Yahoo Finance. They're all talking about and they all tell you what's the what's the price of Bitcoin today? What's it, what's it doing? Is it going up? Is it going down? Everybody's in it. It's a hot topic. Everybody wants to start a crypto fund. Um, all of the investors, all of the family offices want to get into crypto. All the high net worth people want to get into crypto, but they don't know anything about it. So they're all jumping into these crypto funds. I'm here to tell you when that happens, we're in the late majority. The time for double digit returns and triple digit returns are over. There's a cycle, the business cycle, innovators, early adopters, mainstream, late majority, and then the laggards and the skeptics. It's over. So the next thing to come along is what they're going to call web or internet 3.0. So I was heavily involved in web and internet 1.0. Back in the late 90s, when I was in college doing IT, you know, 1995, or Windows 95 just came out. And I was working with uh, Windows NT server, kind of dates myself. Uh, but Windows 95, Windows 97, when, and of course, uh, Apple's right in there too. But the web was really starting to take off. So web 1.0... In the late 90s is going to be your basic websites. Everybody's learning about what's HTML, what's JavaScript. You know, we got Netscape. Um, what are all the other browsers? The AOL, 
So, you know, everybody's starting to figure out what email is, what uh, dial-in chat rooms are all about, right? Web 1.0, the first Yahoo's, the very first Google's, and then Web 2.0 is the social media craze. When you start getting things like Facebook, you start getting things like Twitter, and then uh, who was Facebook's competition there? Um, I don't even remember their names because they're no longer in the marketplace. But that's the where you have the people that are doing the content for the internet. And then you start the introduction of big technology. And by this time, Apple and Microsoft says, man, we need to really start getting into this game. So then you start getting, Microsoft comes out with their Explorer browser. And Apple starts integrating it into their operating system. So this is the web 2.0. And what's about to hit us, and I think this is where you start to make money at, is in the web 3.0. Web 3.0 is the new blockchain. Decentralized computers. The metaverse. NFTs, which we're going to cover in a minute. And digital real estate. What you're going to start to see is the difference between recreational use versus business use. So I'm going to date myself again. I'm going to tell you a little story about the personal desktop computer. Back in the late 80s and the 90s, the war was going on between the personal computer companies, the desktop computers. And everybody thought, oh, why would people spend thousands of dollars to have a home computer? This was before the internet. And people were using them to basically play games. And then something happened that, that woke up the business. And what was that? What was that killer software that all of a sudden made your desktop personal computer a necessity had to have? It was the business use of that computer. Back then it was Office, word processors, word processors, uh, WordPress, Microsoft Word, and then Excel, Lotus 123, databases, the types of software that turns that personal computer from a recreational tool to something that businesses can actually use. And I think that's exactly where we're at with Web 3.0 and the blockchain and NFTs. So what is an NFT? An NFT stands for non-fungible token. And that's a, there's a lot to grab there. What is non-fungible? What's fungible versus non-fungible, okay? So something that's fungible is Bitcoin and the dollar. You can break it down. You can break a dollar down into quarters, down into nickels, dimes, and pennies. So you can break it down into smaller fractions. The same thing with Bitcoin. Bitcoin can be broken down into half a Bitcoin, a quarter of a Bitcoin, a tenth of a Bitcoin, and even a hundred thousandths of a Bitcoin. You can break it down into smaller increments and it's fungible. So non-fungible means it's just the opposite. You can't break it down. So what are they using non-fungible tokens for? You know, they have started putting concerts online and creating 
a non-fungible token or NFT as a concert ticket for that event. Basically, an NFT is an is a token of authentic ownership or authentic ownership of a digital asset like artwork, audio recordings, and then the virtual real estate that's in the metaverse. Now, I'm going to restrict the metaverse to that social uh, recreational use. There may be a day and time when it starts to have a business use, but right now when you start talking about concerts and virtual space and hangout space and definitely Facebook's version of the metaverse, if you've seen their commercials, it's more about the online experience and online gaming I don't really see a business use yet. Now, there may be in the future, but where I do see the business use is blockchain technology and NFTs. NFTs are going to be a game changer in business. And it's going to be a game changer in not only digital real estate in the metaverse, but also hard asset real estate in the real world. So what do I mean by that? They have already started to do digital NFT tokens for real real estate, where that digital token represents your ownership in that piece of real estate. For example, let's take a look at the timeshare industry. Right now, the timeshare industry for those of you who may have gotten sucked into a timeshare, that is actual deeded real estate where your name is on a deed. There are people out there buying properties and instead of doing deeded real estate, which is slow to get into and slow to get out of, they're converting it over into a token where that token represents your timeshare ownership. Now, what does this do? This makes it much more liquid because instead of buying and selling a real estate deed, you are buying and selling a digital token. So it's going to change the world of real estate. And it's something that I'm heavily involved in. And we're going to be doing future podcasts and YouTube videos on this subject. But I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to state it right now. Today is May 10th of 2022. In the next few years, everything is going to go digital. Let me give you one more example. Okay. Um, when I sign a lease with a tenant, more and more times, and especially during COVID, and COVID kind of accelerated this, uh, I closed on a property during COVID. How did I do that? When the banks weren't open. I ended up having to go through the bank drive through and still signing the documents and still having everything done the old-fashioned way. So when I say old-fashioned, that means I have pen to paper, going and signing, doing a closing, has to go through the attorney's, it has to go through, uh, the abstract has to be updated, and they've got to do title lane searches. They've got to do all of that work. 
So today, instead of me going through that drive-through to do that real estate close, let's just say I have a lease that I need a tenant to sign. We use DocuSign and I send them a DocuSign and they digitally sign their lease. And that's a game changer. And I can now have someone sign a lease anywhere in the world and be effective and they can make their payments and now it's legally binding. Okay, that's one example, that's just going digital. But now with NFTs, it's now going to affect the actual sale and transfer of real estate, hard asset real estate, digitally. So that NFT is going to represent your ownership. So now when you transfer ownership, there's going to be a secondary market that's going to be trading these NFTs, just like the stock exchange or the stock market. You're going to be exchanging basically deeds in real estate electronically very quickly. So it's going to be a game changer in real estate. You can now buy and sell real estate very quickly using NFTs. So this is probably a hard concept to follow. I tried to talk to someone about it last weekend and it totally went right over their head. And I get it. It's a complicated subject, but last weekend in Las Vegas, when they were talking about it, it hit me instantly and I says, OMG, I gotta get in this. Take a look at the business cycle that we talked about earlier. The bell curve of the business cycle. The innovators that bring it to market, the early adopters, mainstream, late majority, and then the laggards and the skeptics at the very end. We are in the NFT blockchain world, innovators and early ad adopters. I think we're still in the innovators because a lot of this still has to be honed out. There still has to be a secondary market and people are doing it for artwork and some of the recreational stuff. So Coinbase has NFTs. So it's happening and it's happening whether you know it or not. So personally, I would not be investing in Bitcoin or any of the other cryptocurrencies the time to make that money is over. You now need to be looking at blockchain technologies and NFTs. So all of the crypto funds out there, I want to see your investment thesis and I want to see what's your strategy. Are you just buying cryptocurrencies, buying and holding and thinking it's always going to go up? If so, you're too late to the game. But if you're looking at working on blockchain technologies, maybe creating a secondary market where we can buy and sell NFTs and get in and out of real estate quickly. That's a game changer. That's what's called a blue ocean compared to a red ocean, which we'll talk about in the next podcast. So that's all I got for today. I hope you enjoyed it. You can find us on our website at studentofmoney.org. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube under Student of Money. Please subscribe and hit the like button. And remember, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. My name's Jeff Niemeyer, and I'll see you next time right here on Student of Money.